You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. My guest on today's podcast is the incredible Annie Gichuru. Annie is the founder of Uplifting Studios, a platform dedicated to supporting online business owners to build culturally and racially diverse, inclusive and equitable businesses. Annie is also the diversity, equity and inclusion coach and consultant for the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she supports trainees and coaches. She's deeply passionate about representation through a racial justice lens and is an internationally certified life coach supporting migrant women of colour. In this conversation, Annie and I dive into all things permission to be a genuine ally. We cover understanding what an ally truly is, understanding the difference between equality and equity, knowing where to start when it comes to being an ally and how to become a genuine ally, an advocate for people of color. And Annie shares lots of wonderful mindset tips and tools for someone who desires to be more of an ally, but perhaps has fears around getting it wrong. I know that Annie's life experience and professional experience will be so supportive and valuable to you. She is an absolute expert in this area. And yeah, I just know that you're going to get so much out of this conversation. Let's dive in. Annie, I would love for you to share a bit about your personal journey and how you came to be such a leader in the diversity and equity space. First and foremost, thank you so much for having me, Sam. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Getting into this space, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, I feel kind of found me. I I wasn't looking for it. Um, I feel like it kind of found me. So I've been calling Australia home for more than 20 years, Um, originally from Kenya, in East Africa and came here as an international student, um, got into a degree, uh, mass communication back then is what we used to call it, and just had this deep desire to get into television. Um, But at the time, uh, Sam, there were not many people, there weren't any people, uh, black people or people of color on television. And so I remember getting a work experience uh, gig at one of our major national television stations. And it was such a great opportunity, absolutely loved the time I was there and was even offered the opportunity to return if I wanted to. And I remember just thinking to myself, this would be fantastic, but also second guessing myself and having major self-limiting beliefs and feeling like I can't do this because 
there aren't other people who look like me and sound like me. And also back then, my Kenyan accent was a lot stronger than it is today. And I just wondered how would that work out for me in a television station? And so I quickly changed gears and got into HR and did that until um, I became a mom for the first time. And that's when the desire again to get back into media and television kept calling me. And I created a documentary series um, that did pretty well sharing about uh, good news stories. And I got picked up for television on Foxtel in Australia, New Zealand. And last year in my home country of Kenya, um, it got picked up there as well. And that's what somehow led me into um, DEI, wanting to share more of our stories, our, um, you know, people of color and sharing our stories of rising, because I think our stories have been very much told from a lens of lack, a lens of, you know, um, poverty and sickness and for those of us who come here perhaps we're coming here for greener pastures and whilst there is that story for those who do come here for those reasons there are other reasons that have led others to come here you know the international student who has come here um, doing really well and making a difference and adding on to the Australian economy those stories are not often told and so I felt especially becoming a mother and wanting to have that representation um, shown and shared uh, from a positive light. And given my experience in HR and having worked with, you know, diversity and inclusion uh, with different organizations in the private sector and in the public sector, I felt that I was in a unique position now becoming a coach, um, having become a coach, uh, that this was something unique that I could bring into the industry where we, again, do not see much representation when it comes to people of color. And also just that lack of understanding of how can you serve people who come from diverse backgrounds, you know, culturally and racially as well. And I felt I was in a really unique and good position to um, be able to serve my peers in this space in that way, you know, other online business owners. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think... I absolutely see you as a leader. So I'm so grateful that you're here to share your wisdom and your learning. Thank and it's so inspiring to see someone who, I guess, who's faced those challenges and those experiences, but with a lens of strength, you know, like really focusing on your strengths and what you could actually um, bring to Australia and really changing those stories. Um, mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So happy to have you here. So I always say there's no such thing as a silly question, as the saying yes. goes. And so I think, you know, there are probably some people listening to this podcast who might not really know what an ally is. Mm. Um, and this is all about permission to be a genuine ally. So, you know, whilst it might sound like a silly question, can you explain what an ally mm -hmm. is? 
Mm -hmm. Yes. So an ally in the context of, you know, being an ally to uh, people of color and really Mm -hmm. just giving it a little bit more context there um, for your listeners, Sam, you know, um, an ally coming from the lens of, you know, racial equity, Mm -hmm. when you understand that um, when it comes to people of color, that there is a lot of inequity when it comes to opportunities, when it comes to access to you know the things that perhaps you know white folks may have but um you know there are barriers and challenges that face people of color so being an ally in that context is uh being able to stand in solidarity you know understanding that those challenges are there i see them um i understand them and i want to be a person who helps to dismantle such systems i want to stand in solidarity and um support my uh friends uh community of people of color so that together we can rise I think there has often been a misconception that uh, when marginalized groups are, you know, missing out, that it's just them, Sam, Mm. who are losing. But I truly believe that if there's any inequity that is happening around us, we are all losing out. Mm. That's absolutely true, isn't it? And what do you think? Do you think that part of being an ally is also like owning our white privilege and acknowledging that? Mm, mm. Oh, Sam, that is a huge topic, you know, white privilege. I think um, that in itself would require uh, an entire podcast (laughs) session on its own. But I think it's understanding it. And Mm. and that's a topic, you know, that that is quite um, fragile and people Mm. get really uncomfortable because, It comes from a place of probably not fully understanding what white privilege is um, and thinking, well, I've had to work really hard to get to where I am. I haven't been really handed anything. You know, it's been difficult. It's not like I have all these resources. You know, I'm trying to make ends meet just like any other person. But I think white privilege is the fact that you've never had to um, be discriminated against because Mm. of the color of your skin you know that's not something that's been a barrier for you in your life and so that becomes a privilege a white privilege Mm. yeah I I absolutely agree it is a very kind of sensitive and complex um, Mm -hmm. topic but I think it, it it does come with part of the role of being an ally doesn't it it does. Um, and it's it some, does. kind of that inner work that I think sometimes we can feel a little bit scared to do mm. um, around actually like really looking at our lives and um, yeah, where we have had it maybe experienced some privilege that we might not have realized at the time or. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I think you're you're very right. You know, being an ally is, you know, recognizing that you do have that privilege and you can potentially make things um a little bit easier for people of color. Where could you potentially open a door? Where could you potentially, mm. you know, speak up uh, and challenge uh, how things are done? You know, where could you give opportunities? So um, yes, it's recognizing that, that, that that privilege does exist or you're in a position to um, help and, mm. and doing so uh, as, as standing in solidarity and advocating for as well. 
Yes. And that leads really nicely into equity. So how would you define equity? Mm, I love that. Mm. Uh, Equity. I want to describe this in the context of equality. Mm -hmm. So let's start by defining equality. So equality is when we want equal fair treatment for everyone Mm -hmm. remember the time when we were all sort of saying we want equal rights you know women uh gender um equality you know the the same things that men are you know doing we want to do that as well so equal equality we want the same thing uh it's a level playing ground it's it's a fair playing ground Um, that's what being equal is you know getting the same But when it comes to equity, it's being able to meet people where they're at. What are their needs? You know, when it comes to, for example, um, people of color, what extra support do they need to get to where they're trying to get to? You know, Um, when it comes to looking at, uh, for example, in organizations, you're looking at, okay, we would like to um, have more people of color in positions of leadership, uh, senior leadership. What can we do about that? Is it providing more um, support when it comes to uh, programs that allow them to step into leadership positions? Is it, um, you know, making sure that they're represented at the tables where decisions are being made so that there are um, these access to them being and sharing their leadership as well. So it is, um, you know, equity is providing the need that mm. is missing, you know, that stepping stone, that block, mm. because equality is assuming that our needs are exactly the same. It's assuming that what you need is the same thing that I need and providing that for you and not really looking at what exactly do you need? What are the things that have set you back? What are the barriers that we need to remove? What's the stepping stone Mm -hmm. that you need to get to where you need to get to in addressing Mm -hmm. that? That's equity, really meeting people at the, the point in place where they are and addressing that need for them. Mm. It makes me think a little bit about um, person-centred, like it's a big kind of part of my psychotherapy training and my social work training is is being person-centred. And unfortunately, a lot of our systems aren't person-centred, they're system-centred and Mm -hmm. they're very rigid and black and white and everyone gets, follows these rules. But, you know, when we're we're supporting people, we want to be meeting them where they're at and being flexible to what they need. So that's a beautiful analogies yes being person-centered absolutely because all our needs are different yes yeah and it's about acknowledging that as well isn't it Mm -hmm. so for those who are listening who might really feel that desire to start being more of an ally but they don't know where to start um, how do you become a genuine ally and advocate for people of color Mm-hmm. I love that you said those who have a desire, there's mm. the, that thing. And that's where it begins. It yeah. begins by things not sitting well with you, Sam, mm. you know, mm-hmm. being uncomfortable when you see injustices, you know, being yeah. uncomfortable when you learn about how people of color 
are being treated and the lack mm. of access there is for them mm-hmm. um it's it's when you get uncomfortable and you're like well why is it like this mm-hmm. and then it leads you to wanting to understand more about you know those barriers and those challenges and the first step you to take begins by educating yourself you know mm-hmm. picking up books that talk about um racism that talks about you know the inequalities and the inequities that exist when it comes to race and uh being in a place where you are educated because in order for you to be an ally in order for you to be an advocate you've got to understand what the problems are in the first place mm-hmm. and when you understand the problems then you're able to speak up you're able to voice uh yourself and say well this is not fair based on this and the mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. but i think where people shy away where people get afraid is when they do not have the information when they do not know what the issues are or the problems are or they're afraid of making a mistake because they haven't done the work in other words they haven't um invested in educating themselves and education can take different forms for mm. all of us uh it could be listening to a podcast like this one mm. it could be reading a book it could be watching a movie it could be any form of um you know consumption of material that resonates with you it doesn't have to be something that's necessarily really really difficult it can be something that really resonates with you and comes naturally to you in how you mm. consume information and right now i think we're living in times where this kind of information is so broadly available i think it's up to us to make the decision um to start educating ourselves mm. and do you have i'll put this in the show notes do you are there any books in particular that you would recommend starting with mhm mhm there are a number of yeah. uh wonderful books um to start educating yourself with one of the mm-hmm. books that i highly recommend is a book by emmanuel acho mm-hmm. and it's called uncomfortable conversations with a black man and i just love emmanuel's style because he comes from a very uh compassionate perspective and how he shares the information and although it's very american based i think it's such a good place to start to learn because that's where we're seeing the most um brutality that's where we're seeing the most um uh i guess uh black lives really um you know being oppressed and so that's a good place to start when we are trying to learn and i guess for ourselves as mm. australians um you know the 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 information is there the data is there but not as much as it is widely available in america mm. so it's a good place to start and it's a really easy to read book it's not something that's complex it's not too big or too long but it's a really good starting point mm. even the title you know mm-hmm. just kind of sparks my interest a lot yeah Yeah and what about do you think it also is kind of educating ourselves on the history and and maybe understanding a little bit like the experiences that um people of yes. color have been through as well and some of the trauma and things mm-hmm. like that the history is yeah. is everything you know understanding yeah. what are those um 
discontents where has this discontent come from why are we uh living in this way why is this uh uh happening where is the history of all that and i think when you understand even our australian history mm. when it comes to you know the white australian policy 1901 uh when we think about the stolen generation it's mm. understanding our history where did this come from why and uh when you understand the history you're in a better position to do something in the times that we are now living in so that you're not a carrier of what's happened in the past that that it it ends with you so to speak mm. um in your sphere of influence yeah and it's interesting because i studied social work i started studying when i was quite young i was only 18 mm-hmm. and yes. we did a whole unit in aboriginal studies there's actually like a um a school of aboriginal studies at curtin university which is completely mm-hmm. run by aboriginal people and it was so i have to say it was so confronting for me as like a 19 year old to learn about the history of what aboriginal people have experienced and all the trauma because you know what's really interesting i had not learnt any of that at wow. school no one had taught so it was a complete shock for me as a young person and very confronting but i'm so glad that i did learn that history yes. because it's definitely been able to shape the way that i support people mm-hmm. but also now as a mum like my daughter is so curious about history and i can tell her the truth even though it's really hard um i'm glad that i know those um things about our history yeah um, i think it's really surprising sam that um, yeah. this history is not taught in school I know. in australian it's schools shocking. it's just absolutely shocking that we yeah. wouldn't teach about such things that are have made us who we are today yeah. and it's an important teaching to to be learning that at 18 19 mm-hmm. and that's something you opted into you know yeah. um had you not taken that path it's something that you probably still wouldn't know um about i think it's just incredibly important because mm. how do we then understand and come together and um you know undo not so much undo the past because history is history but do yeah. better how do we do better if we don't know um our history yeah and understand the way trauma i guess you know i understand very well the way trauma gets passed down from generation to generation and yes. um and so do you think like as a mum for me you know i'm still very much working on you know trying to be an ally in in the best way that i can but mm-hmm. one thing that i really focus on is educating my daughter and yes. you know we've got books on racism and um mm-hmm. she actually is very interested and likes to read about these topics mm-hmm. um do you think that that's part of being an ally you know educating our children and and do you have yes. any um strategies or tools around that yes um absolutely i think it is fundamental as we are learning this that we're passing it on to the next generation and for those of us who are blessed to be parents um you know it it is such an important role that we can play um in um teaching our children so yes absolutely when it comes to um providing them with books and not just uh teaching them about racism but going beyond that and just providing um you know books from diverse uh you know authors um for them to be able to see 
other things that look different from them, you know, other mm. children who look different and sound different. So when it comes to books, you know, having a variety of books so that they're learning about Africa and Asia and India and all sorts of, you know, different places that is different from them. Um, when it comes to toys as well, you know, we get toys that um, only show uh, one particular group of people, the mm -hmm. dominant group. So yes. um, making that conscious decision, you know, being very intentional as a yeah. mom, as a parent, that we're going to buy a variety of toys that have different colors and different, yes. um, you know, backgrounds so that we are showcasing that. And, you know, so it's not only just teaching them about racism, mm -hmm. but it's also teaching them the different cultures and the different aspects. And that makes it really fun and interesting mm -hmm. for them. And, um, you know, choosing the things that the, the, the cartoons or the movies that they're watching, yeah. try and look for those that have that, you know, like Moana mm -hmm. and, you know, the different kind of themes that are coming through with the different cultures. I think it's so rich and beautiful because once children begin to become aware of that, yeah. you know, we, we are bringing them up in a way where they are more inclusive in mm -hmm. how they think and how they interact. So absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's something for me as a white woman, I have to be really proactive with that because yes. I grew up with mostly, you know, the authors that I loved as a child, it was very much, you know, all white children and white women and white families. And so if I just naturally, you know, teach my daughter using all the same things that I love, then she's going to have <laughs> a very um, kind of narrow perspective on the world. So it's like bringing that stuff into your awareness as well, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I've had to do the same thing yeah. for myself too, Sam, you know, yeah. um, having called Australia, as I said, home for over 20 years, yeah. my ways have become very Australian. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to the books that I have been consuming, you know, I had to do an audit yeah. of my books yeah. and see who are the authors and yeah. the majority of vast majority of the authors were just you know white authors mm -hmm. and they're great books but again for me even as a black woman mm. I was I was not consuming, you know, from a diverse range of authors. And now yeah. I intentionally do that. I intentionally do that. I intentionally look at material that I want to research, that I want to read, that I want to consume. And I first ask myself, well, who's the author? Who do I want to be learning from? Because a key thing that, that comes up when I'm teaching this work, um, Sam, is, you know, who uh, built it or who created it and who was mm -hmm. it built for? Because yes. if it is just um, a certain group of people who are building or putting something together, they mm -hmm. are doing it for a group just yeah. like them. And so the story just continues to um, uh, go ahead and repeat yeah. itself over and over again. Yes. Yeah. It's so, it, so it's all about awareness and asking ourselves those questions, isn't it? Mm, um, absolutely absolutely yeah. and also when it comes to convenience because sometimes the convenient thing to do is to walk into a target or a came and go like I'm gonna grab that for my child or yeah. I'm gonna get it's there it's really convenient sometimes mm -hmm. when you're choosing to do things differently and in fact being an ally mm -hmm. and an advocate requires you sometimes to take the longer route to take yeah. the, the 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 way that hasn't been you know normally yeah. taken so sometimes it's just going online and ordering that book um it might take uh, a few weeks to get to you but yeah. you know you are supporting a particular kind of uh, business and you know that you're getting that book that you couldn't get from your local store 
Mm. Or even questioning your local store and going, hey, we're not having, there are not many books diverse and getting them to start thinking about that. Yes. And it's also like I was just thinking about it. It's not that easy to find dolls with diversity, is there? Is it like... Yeah, I tried to buy these beautiful Aboriginal dolls, mm-hmm. um, but they sold out like the, the this uh, amazing woman makes them all by hand and they sold out straight away. And then I was looking and I was like, it's actually like really, really hard to find. Yes, um, it is. It is. is. And yeah. it's, it's our job as well, Sam, to, you know, um, when we go to stores to ask, mm. is this being stalked? Mm. We would like to, to see yeah. some of this. This is things that I want my children to, you know, to to play with and to have as part of their, you know, library of, of toys. So these are the mm. things that we can also do as consumers. We can begin yeah. to question those people who are providing our service providers to do to do better. Yeah, I love that. And so what mindset tips and tools would you recommend for someone who desires to be more of an ally but perhaps has fears around getting it wrong? And I think, like, this question is very much based on my personal experience, especially on social media. You know, I think there can often be a fear that, you know, if you use the wrong word or you say something wrong, you're going to offend someone. and, um, Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that sometimes, you know, makes people you know very focused inwards rather than actually focusing on the help because that fear of getting it wrong almost you know causes people to freeze instead of taking action Mm. I have found that Mm. with a lot of my clients who Mm. have come on to work with me they have done so um uh because of I subscribe to the motto Mm -hmm. of calling in rather Mm -hmm. than calling out. I think we live in a culture where there's so much um, cancel culture Mm -hmm. where, Mm -hmm. oh, you said this, we're going to call you out. And it's done in such a way that um, is super confronting to somebody who's Mm -hmm. perhaps just dipping their toe into the waters of you know, beginning to speak up. And I think it's important where we can to call people in because calling Mm. in is you're being compassionate about it. You're not really like being vicious and attacking, so to speak. Yes. But I also think that we we've got to be brave. You know, Mm. you've got to go in knowing that I don't know everything. I'm going Mm. to make mistakes like that little kid who's learning how to ride a bike. They've got to have courage to get on the bike and pedal and knowing that I will fall down but I will get up again. That kid who's learning how to crawl, knowing that I am going to stumble a million times before Mm. I can make those steps. So I think it's coming to grips with the fact that I will make a mistake. Mm. I may get called out or I may get called in, but this is work that is so important to me and my Mm. values that I would rather make a mistake than be silent. And that's Mm. what I'm finding more and more about the the women and the businesses who come and work with me they're saying you know what Annie I'd rather make some noise I'd rather you know speak up with the intention of wanting to do good than be silent because you know silence um, is is very much a product of fear and fear yeah. is the currency that is used when it comes to racial inequity, when it comes to racism and a lack of representation. It's mm. what keeps people at bay, silence, yeah. that fear of making a mistake. And when that happens, you know, um, there's no progress. 
nothing. Mm. There's no activity taking place. And that keeps things the same. Nothing changes. And so we ourselves have got to make that decision of, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit brave and I'm going to move forward because me being silenced is more harmful than me speaking up and making a mistake. And I choose to make a difference by speaking up. Mm, that's so powerful, Annie. Like, and I think that applies to lots of different areas of life, doesn't it? You Absolutely. Know, silence is more harmful than speaking up. And, you know, I know for me, sometimes when I speak up and I don't feel confident, I can come across a bit clumsy or it can, it can feel clumsy, but it's still, I've always still been really pleased that I did raise something yes. rather than stay silent. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's really, um, helpful and have you got any other kind of mindset tips or tools or like particular journaling prompts or you know anything that might support the women listening to this podcast to really Mm. you know Mm. empower themselves to be more of an ally yes I think it's um questioning certain Mm. things that um, make you uncomfortable you know why am I uncomfortable with that so I'm afraid of making a mistake why Why? get underneath that why well because I might be called out and that would be really embarrassing or Mm. that would really crush my spirit okay why and then getting underneath that why Mm. to the point where after you're done with the why what's the worst thing possible here for yeah. you. what's a worst case scenario yes. um so maybe a few people don't like you so maybe a few it establishes the people who are not for this work and those mm-hmm. who are you know it's really being in a position where you just peel those layers of the why and the why and the why until you get to the core of you know what this work is too important for me to yeah. be silent and um, for those who are uh, caregivers to little ones or mm-hmm. you know parents this work is so important because the legacy that I am passing on I want the next generation that I am raising to do better so yes. that this is not an issue you know um, 30 40 years from now that we are actually getting closer to a point where equity is actually being realized and we're seeing a lot more representation you know, across the board. So I think it's just that questioning of the why and getting to the mm. core. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, I think that's, you know, just a really, really supportive tool, um, you know. And so if, because the women listening to um, permission too, some of them are small business owners, but some of them aren't. Um, if people are interested in like working with you and learning sure. from you around this stuff, how, how can they get in touch and, and how can they work with you? Like what, what are the different opportunities there? Sure. If you would love to work with me, I have a program called Represented and it is an online program that allows you to, you know, build a culturally and racially diverse, inclusive and equitable business. But also it is such a great tool in a program to help you understand, um, you know, the barriers and the challenges that people of color face. It allows you to do that personal audit really look at your Mm. life and say okay why has it been this way for me you know what are the 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 attitudes that I've picked up 
you know, what are the biases, what are the prejudices that I have formed, um, you know, since growing up. And it's such a great program that allows you to go really deep into your own upbringing, into mm-hmm. how things have kind of shaped the person that you are. And then it provides you with the tools to, okay, how can I change this? How can I undo this in a way that serves me and my values for where I am right now? Um, So Represented is the course that does that. Mm -hmm. Um, And in addition, if you're just in the beginning stages and you just want to do better, I have a PDF document, which is uh, how to become a genuine ally for people of color. And it's 10 steps. And it just walks you through, you know, one, two, three, up to 10, what you can do to indeed be that genuine ally and advocate for people of color. So those are two ways in which, you know, you can begin to do the work. Mm. Thank you, Annie. Um, And do you feel like um, even if someone's not a small business owner, that that um that your course mm-hmm. represented might still be really powerful for them in to use in their workplace or um, something, or is it really for small business owners? I think, you know, and very much based on the feedback of the, yeah. you know, the people yeah. who have taken this on, um, yeah. a number of amazing women mm-hmm. is that this is applicable to anyone, you know, um, whether you're a business owner or not, because Mm -hmm. it's just about the understanding, you know, the understanding piece is what is missing, you know, why, why are these barriers there? Why are there these challenges? Why, what, what is facing people of color? I Mm want to understand that. And I want to do better. How can I do better? And it gives you the tools to do that, whether you're in business or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking, I could imagine, you know, like, um, managers of not-for-profits and um you know smaller organizations where they might not have anyone in that role or um there'd be so many people that would benefit from this so absolutely even the stay-at-home mums who are like you know what corporate is a little bit behind me now um I don't have a business right now I'm just focusing on raising the next Mm -hmm. generation and that's what I'm doing this is such a powerful program to help you really understand that and it's a mix of people who come into this Mm. um, program it's a mix you know um, those who are in business those who are in corporate and those who are just you know mums who are raising the next generation and I think it's such a good mix that allows us to learn from each other in different ways yes yeah and I think um, it's very confronting to learn this but again in my social work (laughs) I had to unpack this a lot that we all have biases we might think that we don't but it's actually impossible not to so um, I think it's so wonderful that you are guiding people through that process Mm. and Mm. and then helping them actually take the action steps to do better Um, absolutely yeah so thank you I'm so grateful for you for giving your time to my community for this podcast but just in general for what you're doing for the world Um, I think you're making the world a better place so thank you Annie Thank you so much for having me, Sam. It's been an absolute pleasure.